0: Podcast.
1: This podcast has been months in the making. It has been
0: brewing behind the scenes.
1: We have such a fun story to tell you about how this podcast came to be, and it's so exciting that it's finally here.
0: Um, This podcast came to be because you are so friendly on airplanes.
1: (laughs) So, true story, friends... Kristen Hange and John DeBisi, my two very best friends, said, Natalie, what do you want to do for your birthday? I said, I think I want to go to Paris for my birthday. We all bought tickets that night together because they're such good friends. Cut to, we all booked our seats to be all together on the plane. We get to the airport. It is the night of my birthday. And so we're gonna have all the fun. It's gonna be the best plane ride, everything's gonna be lovely. And they had moved my seat. So my two best friends were sitting together in the front fancy row, and I was banished to the back of the plane. <laughs> and so I pulled out the big brown eyes and the birthday card, and they said, oh, well, actually, you did pay for this uh, fancier seat, so we're going to move you to this other seat towards the front of the plane. So long story short, Kristen and John are sitting together, and they end up falling asleep on the plane, I think. That's right. Shortly after the plane's ride started. But I was living my best life because I was sitting next to the most amazing human being and his friends who were all on the same flight as us. We were actually all going to Iceland and then Paris. And so I ended up connecting with these gentlemen and crying, laughing, having my life changed to the point when Kristen and John woke up for the, uh, it's midnight, we need to sing happy birthday to Natalie. I was in full tears, wide awake, clutching my heart like I had just had the biggest transformation of my life
0: cut to so I wake up from my nap thinking we have to sing to Natalie at midnight for her birthday and been like why is Natalie talking to like the most handsome gentleman over there (laughs) I mean why not and crying her eyes out I'm like what transformational thing is going on across the plane
1: so these gentlemen were going to Iceland for a bachelor party and there were all these lovely group of friends but what was so beautiful is we got talking about their mission on this planet their purpose their dharma that they were working for this beautiful incredible company I guess we call it and when I heard the story of what these guys were doing and also of why they were doing this and what needs on the planet drove them to want to do this, it completely opened my heart, and I realized my own ignorance about a huge issue in the world that I just had no idea about. So this conversation was so transformational. We all had, like, very quick time to get our transfers and get off the plane, but we all stopped in the middle of the airport and exchanged all the emails and the numbers, and you know how you always have that moment of, yeah, 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 we'll call you, and it never happens? Well, we made sure it happened. We kept in touch, and so months later, we are here to tell you about this incredible program, these incredible human beings who run it, and to tell you to always make friends with people you sit with on airplanes, because you never know. Human connection and transformation is everywhere.
0: So let us tell you who we have with us today. We have Brian Lewis, who, ah! who is on the airplane that fateful night, <laughs> the director of programs for Exalt. Um, and we have Nadia, Encarnacion, did I do good? <laughs> Encarnacion, yes! Oh! So, cool, so cool. You did the version. I know. She did, <laughs> I um, love it. She's program manager at Exalt. Um, you guys, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. Yes. I wish you could
1: see how beautifully attractive these people are. They're
0: so good looking. We'll take
1: a picture. Yeah, we'll, yeah, <laughs> we'll definitely take a picture. Uh,
0: will you guys tell Thanks. us about yourselves and about Exalt?
2: Ladies first. All yeah. right, right. Yeah. thank you, yeah. kindly. Um, so I'm Nadia Encarnacion, I'm actually uh, a New Yorker from New York and I got into the work uh, with Exalt a couple years back in 2011. I had been doing youth development and my creative work and for some reason I just took an interest in working in juvenile justice and I saw this incredible program who uh, the founder at the time, um, I had submitted my information and she said, you know what, let's bring this young woman. in." And so um, I came in and I said, you know, I just like working with young people, uh, teenagers. And um, I said, I also do some acting work and I would love to learn how to reach young people that are in need, especially those involved in the system. I said, I hope they don't eat me alive, but they were actually really, really nice, and I learned a lot, and I learned about uh, how important it is to, to learn about mass incarceration, um, also being a woman of color, um, being from New York City, I wanted to get back to my city and help uh, young people. And so um, I was taken for quite the journey of my life, um, working uh, you know, with our program director at the time and, and just the dynamic staff, but most of all, just young people. And so they've inspired me they continue to inspire and I feel like I've been there since like 2011 and it's like I'm always learning something new with each cycle but um it's it's definitely something I'm definitely proud of um also you know just being um from New York and giving back to essentially my city
3: yeah (laughs) and Brian so I came to Exalt in 2014 and uh I had a friend I was in graduate school And I was getting my master's in education. And I had a friend that was working at Exalt named Gabriel. And Gabriel is a very interesting guy. He he's kinda quirky. (laughs) He said, Hey man, I want you to come meet these people at Exalt. They're cool people. And I was like, okay, cool. And so he brought me to the office and he was like, Hey Exalt, this is Brian. And then he left. I was like, hi And I was like, okay, all right, so I'm just going to like fend for myself and meet people. So I laughed when you said, you know, eat me alive, right? But thank God everyone at Exalt are the most friendly, kind people you could ever meet, as you attested to, uh, Natalie. Thank you for that. And, um, you know, I became a teacher there. I worked as a teacher, worked with young people. So my background is in education. I grew up on the south side of Chicago. Um, and so the reason why I sort of come to the work is because growing up, I saw a lot of violence. I saw a lot of gang involvement. I saw police brutality. You know, I was I was myself a young person who was disconnected from society. Uh, you know, I was a, a black man who didn't see myself validated in the textbooks that we had in school. And even though people would tell me I was intelligent, the schooling wasn't interesting. So I I didn't go to school. I was dropped out. Um, and so, you know, it wasn't until I found mentors who showed me that I, I did have value, that I was somebody who could, you know, bring um, power and, and life into spaces where I was, that I began to shift the way I thought about my future. And so I got back into school and I did, like, got into college and, you know, um, and I came to New York City. Um, that, I mean, I could, I could go into even more about that. I won't go too deep into that. But September 11th, actually. <laughs> a huge impact on like why I came to New York City. But I won't talk too much about that now. Um, but yeah, I, just, I, I came to New York and, and um, went to graduate school for my master's and, and made friends with Gabrielle, and, and the rest is history.
1: And can you tell our listeners, what is Exalt?
3: So Exalt is a nonprofit organization whose mission is to elevate expectations for young people who are in the criminal justice system. Uh, between the ages of 15 and 19. And so we do that by providing a highly intensive, structured, paid internship experience for them that is unlike any other experience that they've ever had in their lives. And it touches on issues such as the school-to-prison pipeline, how and why they got involved in the criminal justice system in the first place, Mm -hmm. mass incarceration, which Naja mentioned, and most importantly, why they should have a higher sense of self-worth Mm-hmm. then society labels them. You know, society wants to label them as criminals and, you know, cast them to the side. And we say, no, like, you know, you are the most important people in our society. And, and mm-hmm. so that that's sort of where we began.
0: Can you explain to our listeners what the school-to-prison pipeline is for those who don't know?
3: Of course, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> the school-to-prison pipeline is uh, the connection between Failing schools, And so, you know, in the United States in particular, we have a school system that does not graduate low-income students, does not graduate students of color, uh, brown students, black students, the students who are the most vulnerable, the students who are most in need. Um, instead, students are either dropping out of school, they're being forced out of school through suspension mm-hmm. and policies that are um, unfair against them. And where do students end up when they either are forced out of school or drop out of school? On the streets. And when you're on the streets and you don't have an education and you don't have um, other resources, you are either, you turn to crime or you get swept up in the forces of of a criminal environment. And then you end up in in jail and you end up incarcerated. And and so that that journey from schools to jails is what we refer to as the school-to-prison pipeline.
1: Right. and why is it important for you guys you identified a specific age range that you work with as young as 15 and mm-hmm. why why is that that there's there's people at such a young age that you're working with
2: a lot of our young people that's really the formative time i mean we focus on youth development we're not we're different from like an alternative to Preservation program or detention center, and so we really have this youth development approach where we know that young people at that critical age, just like any teenager, uh, that's where they're really stepping into who they are as young adults. They're stepping into high school. Most of our high school students are between the ages, yeah, high fourteen, but usually fifteen, and a lot of our young people with with this specific demographic, you know, they're in high school past the age of seventeen, and so. When they're either in high school, enrolled in high school, not attending, or have dropped out, they're like in this vortex of like, okay, I I don't, I'm limited, you know, and so they're trying to obtain their high school diplomas, their GEDs. So we're really trying to really tackle that age range so that they begin to tap into who they are and, and seeing the power in, um, in education, even through a system that hasn't really, <laughs> been designed, I think, to be, um, like, to form them, to help shape them, that's um, very punitive. Mm-hmm. Alongside what Brian just described, you know, a lot of our young people are having, like, this, you know, no tolerance, zero tolerance in schools where they're being handcuffed at school, you know, and, and so there's, there there isn't this, like, um, restorative, like, approach to conflicts. And sometimes it just comes from a lack of understanding, I think, of just, like, culture and cultural dynamics. And so we want to be able to to help young people understand, okay, we get where you're coming from culturally. We understand that um, and also introduce this idea of, like, restorative justice and, yeah. and talking through things and working through conflict and still embracing all that they're going through as teenagers and validating their feelings, having them feel like, I'm a human being. Versus just a nuisance or a problem, you know, out in society. Everybody's looking at me like I'm an issue. I'm I'm, I'm, a, I'm a problem. Yeah. And so one of the main things that we really, really take into consideration, we think is important, is really humanizing and validating our young people's voices and experiences.
3: Yeah, totally. And and on top of that, I think teenagers get such a bad rap in our yeah. society. And that's not new. I mean, I remember Shakespeare was talking about how, like, the torment of being a teen and, you know, you read Romeo and Juliet and you see the way that, like, you know, being a teenager is just, like, the most sufferable thing that you could possibly have to go through. And yet, teenagers are so full of life and ideas and passion. And they're brilliant. Yes. Yes, every day they inspire me. I mean, it's incredible the things that they, yes, go through and, and, and have to struggle with and everything that I just said is completely accurate and we know that. And they have some of the obstacles, and they, they still have this resilience about them yes. and this drive. Um, and I love working with teenagers, and, and yes. it's, it's what brought me to the work. I mean, I've always been work, uh, working with young people who were either involved in gangs or you know um, involved in the criminal justice system or low income. Or I mean, the, the young people, the teenagers who you know have it the hardest and have it the toughest. I think they're actually the ones who have... The, the, the most answers for us about, like, how we can live our lives to the fullest extent.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And what kind of... I know that you guys take your job with you everywhere you go this Mm -hmm. is not like a nine-to-five situation because there's always things evolving these are the lives of human beings and there's sometimes court cases at hand and there's sometimes some a threat of someone going to jail at hand and all of these kids you're meeting in very different places and so what are some of the really great injustices that you are seeing that you guys through exalt are really trying to focus on correcting
2: I mean, even the profiling, you know, the, the zero tolerance when it comes to to our black and brown youth. Um, I mean, we're talking about young people who don't have money even to, like, take the subway and are being taken in. And, yes, we all want to pay our fares, but it's like with teenagers, you know, and they just want to get home or get to exalt or get to whatever appointment they're going to, to probation. Um, and we hear a lot of those stories and, um, you know, we do our best to, to, to coach them through these experiences, you know, even something an, out of a, a fight that, that spirals out of control and therefore, you know, law enforcement gets involved and it's like, okay, what happened? And I mean, if it's open court case, they really can't talk about it, but it's like, do you see the value in, in like, you know, responding versus reacting, you know, understanding and, and, and making those connections so that they you know their minds are still forming they're just like you know if i feel a certain way I'm, I'm just gonna react you know instead of taking a moment of pause and yes you know they're they a lot of them can't afford to like just be a firecracker and just respond but it really is about taking a moment and saying is it is it worth you know all this drama in the end but um I don't know if you want to add to that. That's
3: so well said. And there are so many injustices. Um, The number one is that uh, the United States leads the world in incarceration of its own citizens right now. And so that is an injustice. Um, We are a free and democratic society. How is it that we incarcerate more people than China, which is not a free and democratic society, than Russia, which is also not a free and democratic society, than Cuba, I mean, the list goes on, North Korea, and, and literally that's one of the lessons we do with our youth. We say, pop quiz, who do you think is the leader in the world in incarceration? And a lot of times, even our young people who have been formerly incarcerated or are impacted by the system are shocked. They don't think that it's the United States. They can't believe it. And you know, not only are we the leader in incarcerating adults, we're the leader in incarcerating youth. We incarcerate more youth in Saudi Arabia, um, you know, all these other nations that are not free, societies. And so it just begs this question, are young people in the United States better? Are they worse behaved? I don't think so. You know, I think that there's a structural issue Mm -hmm. that is playing out. And our young people need to understand how those forces are at work in order to begin to overturn some of those negative influences. And so that's where our lesson plans become so important, because um, in the meantime, until these systems get changed, they have to know how to Respond in positive ways when a conflict arises right in front of them. They have to know how to how to manage their money in ways that will help them to, you know, stay out of the criminal justice system and not like hop a, a uh, hop a uh, turnstile. Yeah, right. And so, yeah, so it's, it's it's a constant like negotiation back and forth and moving back and forth between. Well, here are the things that you sort of have right in front of your face and you're in control of, and and we do define justice in those ways and in, in like the most tangible, practical ways but we also have to think big and we have to think about changing these systems that are clearly uneven and and unfair.
0: Yeah. One of the things I heard when we visited you at Exalt was, and tell me if I got this right, that in New York state, they try um, at 16, they will try you as an adult.
2: Yes.
3: Yes, that's, that's correct. So um, New York and North Carolina are the only two states, and this is still true as of today, but it'll change in October. The only two states that treat 16-year-olds in the adult courts, even for a minor charge. What that means is that, literally, a 16-year-old in New York could steal a backpack, or literally, and I had a case like this, steal an ice cream cone from a store and end up in Riker's Island. Literally, this kid stole ice cream. He stole ice cream. And he ended up in Rikers Island. And I'm sitting there and I'm listening to, you know, the deposition and and the judge is like, yeah, on, on this this and this date, the young man went into the convenience store and he stole an ice cream cone. Really? And we sent the kid to Rikers Island because he took an ice cream cone, a 16-year-old kid, right? And so we are changing this law. Uh, fortunately, um, New York did include in the state budget last year a provision to increase the age of criminal responsibility from 16 to 18. Mm-hmm. So, as of October first, um, it'll become sixteen-year-olds who are all off of Rikers Island. By the next year, seventeen-year-olds who are all off Rikers Island, and then by the following year, eighteen-year-olds. And so, we're going to take all the 18 year olds, all the sixteen-year-olds off Rikers, seventeen-year-olds off Rikers. Well, where are they going to go? Mm. Some of them will still go to youth detention facilities. So, the bill, the law doesn't say. The new law doesn't say that these young people will have their freedom.
1: Mm. And
3: so, we still have a lot of work to do. Um, Exalt really has its work cut out for us in the coming years because I think some people believe that with the law that changed recently, um, we've we fixed the problem. No. But unfortunately, we haven't. <laughs> There's still a tremendous amount of young people in New York City and in New York State yes. who need to be exposed to um, the kind of approach yeah. to youth development and the kind of support that Exalt is giving because it's still lacking in a lot of ways.
0: So when, when a young person comes to Exalt, they've had... Uh some sort of interaction, a, some sort of first offense, that kind of... Um, and I would imagine that, that that does something on one's self-esteem. And I, one of you were telling me last time we spoke that often when they come to your program, they think they have two options in life, which is either prison or death, right? Like they, there's there's not an, uh, a sense of how... Um, big the world is and, and and what opportunities might be available to them and so part of what your program does is it gets them plugged into their community so they can see other wonderful business owners and professionals who start to care about them and mentor them and they can see um, how fulfilling it is to be, to, to give back to um, to work on something they care about yes. Yeah. yeah.
3: Not just done such a great job. Do you want to talk about some of the connections you've brought to Exalt? Because you've done such a great job with that. With, like...
2: Our internships? Or? That
3: and just, like, help bringing them back in the community. And for you as a New Yorker, you know, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot of our young people, it's, it's really having them grasp and believe again in their total access to life. Because some of them come in and they're just like, oh, my gosh, here's another program. Here's this lady who's asking me all these questions. <laughs> and, and, I, and really, I take that as an opportunity to say, I know this is, this is kind of weird. And, and you have a lot of adults possibly in your life that are asking you for a lot of information. But I genuinely, like, I genuinely want to get to know you. What is it that you like to do? What are your interests? And a lot of them sometimes are like speeches because they're like, I don't know, I'm like put on the spot. But it really just breaks the ice and helping them to understand like wow, I, I I do have things that I sort of like and I'm good at and, and that I'm interested in and and we do our best to match them to internship opportunities that that could could help feed like their passion and what they could potentially explore and sometimes it seems so lofty and big for them that they're just like oh my gosh I don't know if I can handle this but it really is about saying no this you're meant to do this you're meant to explore this and that's one of the things that we take I take a lot of pride in like you know, during our individual one-on-ones or together with our, you know, the teacher and, and program coordinator pair is really helping them to see that you, much like the work we, you, know, you all was sharing, you already have what it takes mm-hmm. to succeed. It's just about believing, unlocking that. That's it's right, unlocking that and having them see and that's why, you know, our classes, our training component is is so important because not only do we do, yes, um uh, group-based projects and, and activities, but we really have them do a lot of self, self-assessment and like, how is it that my community, um, my family, my culture have impacted and created, to help to create my identity? There's no need to be ashamed of what's in your community, but how can you give back right here, right now with who you are? And it starts with, okay, let me um, let me start focusing on myself. And how can I start getting better like with school? And how can I create more pathways to employment through this internship opportunity? And we have a whole variety of internships from, well, there's graphic designing places, there's art galleries and holistic medicinal opportunities for those that are interested in that, um, even in coaching and working with children, law firms, um, because most of them, they don't think that they would ever in their wildest dreams have access to those spaces. And um, it's really exciting to see once they're venturing either into their own communities or outside for those that, I those that are in Brooklyn that want to go to like Manhattan, they're like, "Whoa, I didn't know. And, and the people were really nice and really listened to my ideas and the power and just being heard, Ugh. the power and just being heard yeah. is just Moving and I cannot tell you. I mean, I don't want to like get emotional, but it's just like I've been doing this for a couple of years and I never get bored at seeing how each person, yes, you know, many of their stories can sound the same, but each person is a different human being, yeah. And that's why I think it's important that you know, our city and the world gets to understand like the kind of work that we do.
1: Well, it's yeah. so powerful because you know, all of what we Talk to people and artists and creatives and really everybody about is what is the thing inside of you that that is here to, that you can offer a service to the world and it's just so what moved me about connecting with you guys even on the airplane was thinking that is just a human thing that no matter what life you have had all of us feel scared and insecure and lose kind of your connection and your confidence to that inner thing but then I think the thing that felt like such an injustice to me that I just wanted to shout from the rooftops when I found out about what you guys do is, but but these kids are just asking for like basic human yes. rights, and yes. they don't feel like they have a right to that. Mm-hmm. They don't feel like they have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, let alone what's the dream I want to follow or, you know, what do I want to make of myself in the world? And so for me, there's such a tragedy that all of us as human beings all have this connective tissue, which is we all are here for a purpose and we want to express that purpose in the world, but that there are human beings among us that have been treated so poorly that they've lost connection to the fact that they could even be worthy of asking for that.
0: Yes, and I remember when Natalie and I came to see the uh, last Exalt graduation, Mm -hmm. there was that one young man who loves music, and you put him in a music internship, and there was another young man who wants to grow up to be a nurse, and you put him inside a a, a healing modality uh, business, and all of them talking about, here's this thing I like... And I didn't have any idea that I could actually maybe do this with my life. And be
1: great at it. And be great at it. And get such positive feedback, like all of the uh, people who gave quotes or or talked about the experience of working with these kids. It was just glowing.
0: Yes, and and that was what was so powerful, is you could just see how open their hearts were and and the, the amount of love they felt for just getting to do what they love and it was really powerful and that's when like natalie and i looked at each other and we were like there has to be an exalt in every single city There (laughs) needs to be an exalt in every single city because you are healing you're you're going in and saying i see you you are a value and we need you
3: yeah yeah we always say that it's not only the young people that are being healed through these processes it's us Mm
2: -hmm. it's
3: the adults and we often don't even realize the extent to which we're being healed by our interactions with these youth and the ways that they inspire us and are able to demonstrate for us the way that freedom can actually feel Mm -hmm. and look and how valuable it is and so unfortunately in our society the way things are set up now we don't know how things are until they're taken away Mm-hmm. We have to have our rights taken away to understand what our rights really mean. We have to have freedom restricted to understand what freedom really is. We have to experience hate to understand what love is. But we don't, we don't want that to be the only means and end. And one of the things that's so powerful about Exalt is that we have a loving environment and a supportive environment for these young people, and all we show them is love. And it doesn't matter how much trauma and negativity they've been exposed to mm-hmm. and how much they might bring to the space— we always counteract that with love and care and kindness. And through that, we have demonstrated, we have proven, I mean, we have the statistics to show that it works, that they will get to a higher place. And we will get to a higher place with them mm-hmm. because they don't need to be thrown in the cages. They don't need metal detectors. They don't need to be um and frisked and racially profiled. They just need light and opportunity, and chance, and, and to be connected to more caring people. And so we really see it as our mission to, like, expand our network. You know, yes, we have internship partners. Yes, we have referral partners. Really, what we have is a community of love for young people who don't have love. Who don't have access to care and kindness. And you know, there's so much truth in that, not only for them, but for us. Like we, every, and the internship partners, I mean, you know, if we had given them mics that day and you had heard from them, they would have said, I learned so much from this court-involved young person. First of all, they didn't think a court-involved young person could be that brilliant.
1: Yes. They didn't think they
3: could be that hardworking or that dedicated, but they are. But it wasn't only that that they learned. They learned the value of their own position. They learned mm-hmm. the value of their own privilege and their own work. And their ability to live and work in the city, and commute, and travel anywhere they want, and they learn from talking to that young person. I don't get to travel everywhere I want. There are certain neighborhoods that I cannot go to because of gang conflict, and certain, and they, that just blew their mind, and it opened mm-hmm. them up to see how valuable their experience within the city is. And there's there's a synthesis that's happening there. I don't I don't know exactly <laughs> what will come of that, but I do believe it'll lead to a more open society and a better society for
1: well like all and of us. certainly for us i mean you guys invited us to this graduation ceremony and here's this little caucasian girl from canada and this little <laughs> curly haired caucasian girl from california walking in <laughs> to this room and these young gentlemen just treated us like little queens like they were just smiling and sweet and and we just sat in this room and they were speaking about what their experience of Exalt and this program and what it's meant to them and what now they feel that they have as hope and strength as a result of this program. And it was so beautiful to see. I remember the first gentleman who shared when we walked in, he, he kept wanting to have water because right? oh. his, his <laughs> mouth is getting dry because he was nervous from yes. talking. And the way the other... Guys were like, you got this, you need this. And just uh, so much community amongst them. And, and one almost getting a little emotional, saying, oh, I'm going to miss you guys. And, you know, because they also do this program with each other. Yeah. And so then there's this beautiful sense of, I, I remember one gentleman sharing that he was feeling a little disconnected from his family or, or his siblings now having done this program because he has different tools and different ideas and different things feel more possible and the kind of conversations that the the family was still having just wasn't congruent to his growth, but now he had this community of these other young men who really speak that language and understand and so there's a real sense of like a created family. And we often talk about, obviously, the importance of community. And Michael Beckwith, who's one of our favorite teachers, says community creates immunity. Mm -hmm. And it's that feeling that when you're on your own, there's shame and guilt and dislike of yourself and unworthiness. That's when it festers. Mm -hmm. But when you can be in community and share, this is how it's hard for me right now, and someone says, yeah, me too, and you feel seen and heard, it's such a transformative experience. And the fact that you're getting that ad exalt on Every level, from yeah. the people that create the program to the people working with the kids, to the interns, to the kids themselves, it's just an amazing thing. Yeah. I just want everyone to go to an Exalt graduation and bring oh, Kleenex. Thank bring you. <laughs> Kleenex. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: we just cried our eyes out. It was yeah. so moving. Yeah. So much love. That's all I just kept feeling was so much love.
3: It is. Yeah. And another way we're able to accomplish that is, you know, uh, Naja talks about the fact that she's an actor. I'm a writer, we've had um, musicians work for Exalt, we're all artists. And I think that is also a really important Mm -hmm. part of that because there's an art to what you were just talking about, Natalie, which is you're bringing young people in a space to have them transform Mm -hmm. and they have to rely on each other to do that. And so there's a collaborative sort of art making process that everyone is going through where people have to be courageous enough to shed the layers of all of their baggage and things that they might be fearful of and endeavor to this brand new thing. And none of us know what it's going to look like or what it's going to be. But at the end of every lesson in Exalt, you have this beautiful, it's almost like a a sculpture of knowledge and experiences. And and we we kind of see ourselves as like sculptors of these young people's curators of their experience in a certain kind of way. We actually had a chance to do this documentary theater project for the first time. Nadja was so instrumental in helping to make this happen. Um, our young people very few of them think of themselves as actors or um, none of them even though a lot of them say that they want to become rappers most of them are very nervous to get in front of people (laughs) and, and you know public speak and do these things and so we took six young people and none of them had ever been on stage before none of them were like you know, refined actors in any kind of way, shape, or form. And we worked with them intensively for an entire summer. And we exposed them to, like, other art tactics and techniques. And, you know, they were really honest, like teenagers are. They were like, that's whack. Like, that's not how I would do it. I would remix this. I would make it this way, right? And they created this beautiful production. And they wrote it, and they directed it, and they scripted it. Um, and and then we just kind of, like, gave them, you know, a voice, right? And gave them yeah, kind of a platform. We
2: and, documented it, created, like, a script, sort of, like, almost, like, spoken word, theatrical style. And we've been able to, like, modify each performance because now it's been, like, our staple that yeah. we um, we perform this 16 bars uh, youth offending justice piece at every, like, major exalt event. And we, like, tailor it to the actors that are graduates that we select. And they're always so excited to add their, like, parts of their stories, like in certain parts of their stories or stories of, you know, their peers to represent, like, the reality of their experiences. So it's powerful, powerful.
3: Yeah, it's so true. Um,
0: I'm curious, if someone's listening right now and they're like, I have to know more, my heart is burning, I have to be involved, um, how can someone get involved in your organization? And if people want to give, what do you need right now? What does Exalt need to tr- to thrive? So a two-part question there.
3: So they can always go to our website, www.exaltyouth.org, and they can donate money if that's the way that they are able to give. If they're in the New York City area, they can also take an intern. And so we are constantly looking to expand our network of loving community of partners who can work with a young person who might be court-involved. They're incredible young people. They'll bring so much life and exuberance to your workspace and to your life. Um, and if you have eight to 10 hours a week to mentor a young man or woman because you work with everyone, regardless of gender expression, yes. um, then you can do that. 15 to 19, please sign up. You can. There's a place where you can um, designate that you would be interested in taking on an intern.
2: Yeah, definitely our website, exaltyouth.org. Um, and you can, all of our contact information is there too. You can reach out to Brian or myself um, we'd be happy to um, speak with you
1: and see how we can uh, create
2: um, an outlet for you to be involved.
1: And what's your your vision for Exalt and your vision for the work that you're doing, your vision for these young people that you're working with? Because we just saw, we witnessed the graduation ceremony of, I want to say, it was your 95th mm-hmm. cycle. That's right. Yes. Uh, And so the the, the cycles are six-week cycles, I believe?
3: They're 14 14 weeks weeks 14 weeks that that you work with with the
1: groups. So you just finished 95, and, you know, you're plowing through. You're doing two more groups at this moment. Yeah. So as you continue to grow, what is your vision for what's possible with this work?
3: Well, we know we need to serve more young people, and there's going to be a higher need. So we plan on increasing the number of youth that we serve in New York City and beyond. So we do have aspirations to go to other cities and other states and because it's more than just about you served and, and, and um, how many young people come into our contact, we believe we have a really powerful model that can show young people what education really means, that it's about the practice of freedom, that mm-hmm. education is about the practice of freedom and not just about like reading a book and spewing back some answers that a teacher right. asks you to memorize. And so we believe that we can have a very powerful impact on the education system in this country, on the criminal justice system in this country. Um, We believe that we can dismantle the school-to-prison pipeline. We know that that's audacious. And we know that the school-to-prison pipeline is massive and that there are millions of young people caught in the grips of this thing. But we believe that we can dismantle it through this work. I mean, we're a tiny organization now of 10 people. But, you know, we believe that, you know, through engagements like this and through partners like the ones that we have in you all now, that we can make that happen.
1: That's right. You're 12 now. Yeah. Right. Ah! You're yeah, so stuck exactly, right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Margaret Mead says something like, a small group of, of people is the only thing that is ever changed the, the, world. the world. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. Yeah, that's so.
1: right. Yeah. so that's
3: our vision I mean you know and, and, we, and we always want we want to get back I mean we are true artists right and like we're competitive <laughs> <laughs> very competitive yeah we compete with each other we compete with like other organizations like we want to be the best right mm-hmm. and so we're always like refining our craft and you know making sure our lessons are up to date and if a young person's like hey that song that you're using is from six years ago like gotta find a new song or making
2: it more relevant yeah and, I mean essentially we we don't want young people um, especially young people of color in general being involved in the system altogether. We want to be able to somehow long-term impact our justice system so that it isn't one of the most profitable businesses of our country. You know what I mean? And we hope that our communities are stronger so that families are held together, that young people no matter where where they come from feel like they have access to life and possibilities so that they can therefore impact their, their, their neighborhood, their city, and therefore the country, especially yeah. if we're thinking about scaling in other states and or other cities. But we hope that you know we, we, we won't just limit ourselves to just court-involved young people, that, but that we would evolve and continue to Im- inspire young people, yeah. just individuals.
0: Yeah, if That's really interesting what you said about prison being such a, a profitable uh, for so many big corporations, that there's that for a lot of big corporations, there's not incentive to dismantle a system that doesn't work for the people.
3: Yeah,
0: and that's really uh, a powerful thing
3: to to, yeah. to to notice,
0: like this huge injustice that is going on, and that we have to talk about it and be loud about it in order yes. to dismantle so
3: it. Yeah, yeah, and can I also say for governments also. Yes, that governments are also profiting from. institutions of prisons, and um, you know, one of my good friends, Lisa Jesse Peterson, who is a playwright and has a play called The Peculiar Patriot, which is awesome, and you also check it out if you get a chance. In that play, she talks about how there are these prisons upstate where people are being counted for the census because they're incarcerated in the jail, but they're not actually citizens of that town. And so tax dollars are going to upstate towns, and those people are not actually benefiting from those, from the roads and the schools and all these different things. And so, like, that is a huge behemoth of a government injustice. And we have to pay attention to those kind of things. Um, in the United States of America, if you commit a crime, you can be a slave, right? Slavery did not end. It, it literally says in the 13th Amendment yeah. that if you've been convicted, you can be a slave. And so we have slaves. and We have, million, we have 2.3 million slaves in America today. And, you know, yes, there are, there are private corporations that are profiting from that. There are governments that are profiting from it. I really believe, though, and, and this is a big reason why we do the work and we talk about, like, our vision, that the social-political awareness yes. will, will combat that yeah. consistently, and that there are all, there's always good people. Yes, um, giant corporations may do some really evil things. Big government may do some really evil things. But everywhere there are good people. Yes. You can find good people everywhere. And if you can just have a few good people who just kind of wake up and go, like, that is the right way to do that. That is the right way to treat people. That is the right way to be in our society. And if we can win those people over, I think, you know, we can we can make some incredible, incredible nice. gains.
1: That's it. Ah, oh, thank, thank you. Thank you. Gorgeous. From Iceland, the sky of Iceland <laughs>
0: <laughs> to
2: the ground of New York City. The grounds of New York City. From the winter um, to the summer.
1: And we are with you. We believe in you. We believe that these causes and these uh, issues that you guys are tackling are all of our issues yes. and we believe them to be our issue as much as they are yours so we are with you and we're so happy to connect with you and we're so happy to be involved with you guys and you know we as create are going to continue being involved with with you guys and continue to look for ways we can expand and tell more people about you all so please check out the website www exaltyouth.org uh, please go see these beautiful humans and the incredible work they're doing on the planet and if you can throw them some dollars some love some support or just share this podcast with other people who you think would really benefit from this message uh, your sharing can be just as impactful as anything else so we thank you for that Is Exalt on social media?
3: We are we have a Facebook page we've got an Instagram so you can find us on Twitter we don't have a Snapchat yet. We're working on it. <laughs>
1: so.
0: But I can like find you guys on Instagram. And yeah, the on the gram. Yeah. Hit
3: us up on the Regam. gram. On the gram.
0: Yeah. What, what, yeah. You can know what your handle is on Instagram.
3: It's ExaltYouTheBK. Uh,
1: All
0: righty. Okay. Thank you very BK much. I'm going to go
1: flirt with you. I know. Oh, so I I <laughs> Instagram. Get ready.
0: Yeah. Um, you guys, thank you so much for being here today and for sharing this message with everyone who's listening. and. For doing the work that you're doing in the world, thank you for being artists not only of theater and of the written word, but also of the human spirit.
3: Thank you thank so you. much. We're so grateful that we met you and yes. traveled with you, you. and we'll continue to travel with you on this journey of, you know, finding freedom.
1: That's it for that's our youth and for all That's it. So thank you. Finding
3: freedom. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for listening. We love to feel like we have friends all over the world in you who are committed to doing their dream on the planet.
1: And if you liked this podcast and you want to find out more about what we're doing or who we are, our pop-up classes, or online classes, you can check all of that out at thecreateseries.com.
0: And if you want to be part of our Facebook community, you can go to the Create Community page. That's C, period R, period E, period A, period T, period E, period community. And if you love
1: this podcast, why not share it with a friend?